0: I'm Gab, he's Jules. Blue skies over West London. Uh, Dark, dark, dark skies over the red half of Manchester. You don't need us to tell you why. We'll be getting into that. Plenty going on. A buzzer beater for Arsenal. Real Madrid held. Uh, Milan losing again. Surprise, surprise. Title race. Mbappe. Lots lots to talk about. So much. But there's one obvious place to start. And you have to start, I think, with the scoreline. Liverpool 7, Manchester United 0. It's not the first time in their history that Manchester United uh, lost 7-0. Fourth time. It's the fourth time it's happened, except the three previous times all happened in 1931 or earlier. (laughs) Like Sir Alex Ferguson hadn't even been born there, right? So we need to put this in context. And what I find most extraordinary about this is, I ask myself, is this result a fair reflection of what we saw? I'm rewatching the highlights, and I'm thinking to myself, yeah, maybe 7-0 isn't fair. Maybe 8-3 would be fair, because obviously they had their chances too. But more than that, I'm just shocked how for the first 40-odd minutes, until the, that Gakbo goal, yeah, United didn't play badly at all. And then, no, they didn't. it just crumbles. Yeah, completely, that
1: second half is a is a mystery in a way of how you can crumble so much, how you can capitulate so quickly and so much, concede goals the way they did. I mean, Liverpool scored seven of eight shots on target and an expected goals of 2.7. So you can look at the way you want and Liverpool had an exceptional second half and they were ruthless in the way they took their chances, the way they scored, but they, sk- they still scored more goals than really they, sh- they should yeah. have in a way. However they were helped by the fact that United were, just didn't show up in the second half the mistake that they made in terms of positioning on the goals the mistake that they made the poor passing it was sloppy they stopped working hard they stopped defending they stopped trailing back they stopped playing as a team they stopped everything that they did so well in the first half in the first 40 minutes of the game in the second half which had, had, so, had beyond me
0: Like before Liverpool fans jump on us like oh you're just pointing out Manchester United no no they were flaws. exceptional there's no doubt yeah let's I thought I thought for the first forty minutes, let's be clear on this. I thought both teams played well in yep. the first forty minutes. And it looked to me like, okay, these guys are pumped, Liverpool have turned the corner a little bit, that the you know, the the Gakpo, Darwin, Salah front line is, is finding its feet, the midfield, while wow, it's workmanlike, not particularly creative with those three guys in there, um, you know, is contributing. But it, something more than one thing can be true, right? Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> played well, and then United second half. It looks we can't just can we just write this off as a bunch of individual errors? Yeah, I think so. I think I mean, yeah, I think
1: there is from a United point of view. You could also be a little bit worried by the, the mentality of that second half. I know you, you concede very early in that second half. I think 90, 90 seconds
0: in is the second goal. Right, and then the third goal is after five minutes. So five minutes in the second half, you're 3-0 down. Yeah. Which is game over in just about every league in the world, unless you happen to be Milan in Istanbul in two thousand. Yeah, but still,
1: like, I, think, I think
0: the way then they fell
1: apart completely, because you can concede two goals back-to-back, back. it happens to very good teams, it's not. But then to concede another four after that, where really some, as we said came from mistakes were easily avoidable that mentality the, the, the thing that this team had been so good at playing as a team fighting for each other that sort of cohesion I come and help you I don't leave you on your own to defend there was none of that in the second half so I don't know if they were maybe tired if maybe the goals back to back at the start of the second half just knocked them out completely and after that it was weird but personally I also think that Ten Hag made mistakes the horse positioning is wrong I think starting Antony in that position when you know how attacking Robertson is and you knew there was no way, no way Antony would do a job on Robertson in that game, impossible.
0: So the Antony one I think is an interesting one because it was so obvious during the game and he wasn't tracking back and nor was he substituted for for Jadon Sancho which I would have expected would have happened at, at some point because clearly every time they lost the ball he was staying up, he never tracked back to help or very rarely did he do that. I'm assuming that's tactical instruction. I'm assuming there's so that Robertson on his own. Yeah. You know why? Because I've got Anthony if okay, Robertson, if you go up and you provide the width, I've got Anthony there, I'll have the quick out ball and that's gonna somehow dampen Robertson's attacks. I mean, assuming that was the plan. Obviously it didn't work out that way. Yeah. But you know, that that's why we see people do that, right? Um but it certainly didn't look good. And the other thing about him, and, and I hate to talk about body language, and I've promised, but I'm going to go against myself here. The guy looks disinterested. And when he's, when he's sort of wandering around. I know Lionel Messi walks around the pitch. yeah. But my son, Anthony, you're not Lionel Messi. And in the, the context of English football, when your team's not playing well, it makes everything worse. But this is a guy who costs $100 million. And I feel like he had a shot that was Okay. And yeah. the other best thing was when he went and he and he kind of you know trapped the ball, controlled the board Control yeah, the yeah. like, yes. there's nobody near him. It's not something I can do. It's not something I could do in my playing days. I'm assuming it's something you could do when the yeah. ball came out of the sky. never
1: see Neymar. Neymar done it a couple of times in France. I, I know this is are gonna like the debate about the
0: joy of the game, blah blah blah, but is the kind of th- the kind of thing that winds up opponents yeah. when it's unnecessary. I, I don't sure. mind a piece of skill. To beat an opponent. This is just a show you can do it. And I kind of feel like, dude, these are professional footballers. I imagine Harry Maguire could do it. Yeah, yeah. Maybe even Phil... Well, I don't know about that. Yeah, maybe even
1: Phil Jones. Maybe even... Yeah, yeah, I mean... I mean, he could have controlled the ball normally with the inside of his left foot instead of, you know, behind the back of his left leg with his inside of the right foot. But... But
0: it's also It's not the kind of piece. of It's like the spin at. He
1: doesn't have to do it He can do it if he wants He's clearly good enough To do it But it's also It's not so cool To look at That everybody's like Wow I don't even think People notice too much I noticed it Yeah no you noticed it And I noticed it But I think a lot of people Would have watched the game And just Because it was not a Tight angle on him It's still the wide right. shot So you know I don't think even The players on the pitch Care that much right. I didn't hear a reaction From the stand But yeah this is part of Anthony's This is what he likes doing Like the, Again like the spin I expect him to do kind of stuff like that through the season. In a way he will say, Oh, it's me having fun, I try to do things a bit differently. Yeah, if it's fair enough, I don't I don't mind.
0: Alright, so you're not wound up by it, that's
1: fine. Um, I still don't understand why he was allowed not to defend on Robertson
0: though. I really don't. And I don't buy the, You don't like, think it was part of the game plan. You think it's just him like wandering off and doing his own thing? I if, but if it was the game
1: plan, I think he was stupid. And I don't, I don't even think why you could think, yeah, because if, he's, if Anthony doesn't defend, he'd be left on his own, and Robertson would think, cool. hang on a minute, I've got Anthony there, he's too too threatening, I can't go forward, I need to stay. It's only Anthony, Anto- 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 like, as if Liverpool, Van Dijk and Robertson would think, like, we can't leave him on his own. Like, it, it, do you see what I mean? It's not, if he was Rashford, you would, OK. Trent, don't go forward too much because we can't leave Rashford on his own in the formula. Yeah, the obvious guy Anthony to leave like, off.
0: <laughs> the obvious guy to leave up would I presume would have been yeah. would have been Rashford. Uh but you know, in that setup with with Bruno obviously you know, it's not gonna be Bruno for obvious reasons, right? And it's not gonna be because it's slow. It's got it's gotta be one of those two. I would have thought Rashford trying to sit behind Trent would be more obvious. Yeah. But equally, I also kind of feel that defensively, Liverpool are more geared towards covering some of Trent's mistakes. Or, you know, not, not I'm not going ah, to go trade. It was Elliot on that what? side in
1: midfield. Usually Henderson plays right it, because of,
0: you know, but he played on the left this time. So, well, let's get to Liverpool's midfield because, I, I, what struck me about this game is they put in the shift. Defensively, including somebody like like Fabinho, who you know had had his issues with, yeah, with yeah. Jurgen Klopp and, and, and whatever. Um, they're not going to give you that much in terms of creativity, perhaps. Definitely, but they didn't need to in this game because this was the kind of thing. This was the kind of game where the fullbacks were able to provide that as they did in the past. Like, this is not a Thiago Alcantara game and that, that again is what surprised me because I thought United were so balanced in the first 40 minutes and I thought, OK, you could turn this into the kind of game where they need that passer in midfield.
1: Yeah, right? I agree. I thought, I thought the lack of creativity from that Liverpool midfield was a problem for the first 40 minutes. And then, and then in the second half, there's an assist for Henderson, the cross for Nunes, there's an assist for Elliott, the cross for Nunes as well. So they clearly stepped up with the ball even in the second half compared to, I think, most of the first half where, where you're right, the threat was coming either from Robertson on the first goal or of just getting the ball quickly to one of the front three who were in great form and I think were a bit helped at times by the lack of awareness defensively from a United team that, as we said, was shocking in our second half. But I have to say, the second half
0: was so much better especially with the ball from the Liverpool midfield, and it was, I think, for the first 40 minutes. And I think that's probably also because, again, it's three nails. Psychologically, you are going to sag, right, as well.
1: And also, I wondered if Casemiro was not fully fit. He clearly had a knock in the first half because he looked at some point that he was going to come off or was, he, was, he was grimacing a bit. And I wonder if he... I mean, Fred, you know what I think of Fred anyway. Are you going to
0: blame Fred for the first No, 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 I'm no,
1: no, just saying. That's... And host as an eight in a game like... I know it kind of worked away at Barcelona... I thought it took a lot of guts to do it in that game from kickoff, and it's not because they didn't lose because Weghorst plays as an eight for 55 minutes I just don't think he had the yeah it looked like maybe Casemiro was was not
0: completely Can you explain to our listeners the logic of Weghorst in that position in principle and I'm, I'm assuming it has to do if you're playing with a team that has a deep lying playmaker you've got a big body in and around him Pressing him, yeah. and so on. You shift Bruno, which means you know Bruno is versatile anyway, which means maybe is a little more, more more space, and it allows you to play, you know, to use Rashford's pace behind. I'm assuming yeah. that's the logic, exactly. But Liverpool don't have that kind of midfield, right? So it's not like Thiago Alcantara wasn't there. So you're not putting the big body on him. Liverpool's build up is going to come either from one of the center backs stepping in. Or the full-backs attacking, right? It's yeah. not like Fabinho's not going to turn into, you know... Into, yeah, yeah. I was going to say Jorginho, come on. Give me, uh, me uh, Georgie here. Yeah, right? <laughs> So, why do it in this game in that way? I don't know. I think I, th- I think you're
1: spot on in all the explanation. I think they clearly wanted Rashford centrally, and there's, a, there's one there's one chance in the first half where Vegos plays it quick in behind, but Van Dijk, I think, catches up with, with Rashford. But yeah, that, that didn't didn't work. But yeah, I, th- I think I think this is. I mean, I think he, that's what he wanted. Rashford centrally. I think he needs Vague for set pieces, especially defensively, especially against Liverpool, who are very good, very yeah. good on them. They still they still concede on the second phase of one, by the way, after Vague came off. Uh, and and I think he likes the fact that, as we saw against Barcelona, that Vague runs a lot, based sometimes like a headless chicken but because he wants to do well and yeah, he can put pressure on a Fabinho or I guess one of the three Liverpool midfielders at some point, the ones on the ball I think for this game, it just didn't work out at all and I was even surprised that Vecos was still on the pitch at the start of the second half and again, I'm not saying that they lost so heavily because Vekos was playing in that position but I would have taken him off at halftime 100% and he played another 12 minutes after the break no, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. 12 minutes after the break, and maybe that was 12 minutes too much. Well, you either
0: take him off or you play him at center forward, which is the position he's played most of his career, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I yeah. mean, which would have been the more obvious thing, yeah. Lane, yeah, and yeah. Because Bruno Bruno yeah. I think you also right.
1: restrict Bruno by playing him wide like that on the left, and I think Bruno had a, didn't have a
0: good game at all, and that's not surprising. I mean, I'm assuming that was also partly let's worry Trent, having him on that side. Yeah, but, yeah, maybe, but. But, you know, but. Bruno is the kind of guy that Trent's recovery speed will always give him the edge yeah, over Bruno run anyway, anyway, right? So, yeah, so. right, so, talk about, about Mohamed Salah. Um, yeah, he signed his big new contract and stuff. Maybe had a bit of a dip with the rest of the team earlier in the season. He's firing on all cylinders right now. Yeah. Um, that that goal that he scored, the, the first run off the crossbar, obviously is gifted to him, but the finish is still ridiculous. Yeah?
1: With his wrong foot as well. Amazing.
0: Which is which it's is so effortless, by the way. Yeah,
1: and for someone who's been struggling a little bit with confidence, because I think he had nine league games, yeah. nine league goals so far, which is for him very average. Let's put it that way. I know there's the hat trick in the Champions League against Rangers, so there's, there's been good moments. But overall, he would, he would be the first one to say, "This is not. I'm not happy with what my return so far." And to hear it like that with his right foot so confidently, and okay, he had a good. You know, it was building up towards something. Clearly, you could feel that he was going to have a good game, uh, and he obviously scored in the. You know, in the in the last game as well, which would have boosted his confidence a little bit. It's a hell of a finish, but the the, the moment of the game he's his assist for the, the Gakpo goal because to turn around and turn over Lisandro Martinez like that right. and show to some extent and which is, which is Salah is best and it's the kind of counter- attacking goal that Liverpool used to score so often before when they were at their best and where everybody knows don't give them anything you know this is and yet they still do it and this is amazing imagine Mo Salah running at you at full pace like that is outstanding. And then, yeah, it's a great finish from Gakpo. Maybe a bit of a mistake from De Gea for Gakpo to score with an angle, But the
0: ball from Salah and the run from Salah is incredible. That was a mistake from mm. De Gea. I no, mean, not even be just a bit like of that. a mistake. You can't. Like, it's, yeah. it's not. I mean, the, the logical thing for him to do. I, and in fact, I actually think Gakpo saw where De Gea was positioned. And he said, "All right, he's looking to cut out the cross. There's nobody coming. I don't know Maybe Gakpo's mind doesn't work that quickly. I like to think that it does." And he says, "I'll just hit this at the near post and see what happens." And knowing that from there, actually, I mean, he didn't end up hitting it that hard, but De he just chips it, yeah, over. his shoulder. De Gea is likely to parry it. You know, it's not a, it's not a shot that De Gea is actually going to save and hold. So then the ball comes back and plays. Yeah. So, you, know, you have options there. Um, a word on Mohamed Salah, yeah. because he set a new Premier League era record. Now I'm going to go old grumpy old man, as you know, in this situation. Uh, he has 129 goals, beating Robbie Fowler, a.k.a. God, who was on 128. Yeah. I want to dwell on this too much, and I know football don't start in 1992 in the Premier League and so on. The Premier League really didn't change that much from one day to the next. I think that has to be noted. People are going to come out and say different eras, this is tougher, blah, blah, blah. But just for context, in terms of league goals for Liverpool, do you know what number he is on the list? I would say maybe fifth, sixth. Very good. He's sixth. Okay. Um, and the guy he has 129 goals. The guy who has Liverpool's all-time league goal scorer, Roger Hunt, yeah. world champion within yeah. 1966 with 244 goals, played in the 60s. The guy who's second, 233 goals. Gordon Hodgson played pre-war. I believe he was actually he's actually South African. Uh, and the guy who was third, of course, Ian Rush, who did play in the Premier League era, with turned 29. I mean, just putting this for context, I'm not yeah. putting plus-minus here. No, It does rankle a little bit when all of a sudden we just take an arbitrary day and kind of go off with these records. And- I know,
1: but you beat the records that you can... I think Mo Salah, and he said it in his post-match interview, that he had his, that the final record in his mind since day one, since he right. arrived. Which I love the ambition and the drive from Salah to go and wanting to beat that record... But I think he knew that if he looked at the Roger Hunt record, he's like, okay, I have to be here twenty years and score like you
0: know. No, no, no. So but, maybe so, when
1: you're around, you thought, okay, Fowler's record for the Premier League, let's go, let's go and beat I, that one, and then maybe now you can think about.
0: If, if this is what drives him, here's some other records that he can beat because you know the funny thing with, with records, right? We're just going to come up later with we talk about Kylian Mbappe as well. Like, yeah. Sometimes, like we use the league record. Sometimes goals in all competitions. <laughs> here's some other that I think Salah can, you know can try to beat and will beat because he has 178 games and all com- uh, goals in all competitions yep. for Liverpool. Robbie Fowler still ahead of him 183 goals in all competitions okay, for Liverpool. So that's, that's and somebody named Steven Gerrard who I'm not really familiar with but yeah. he played in the Premier League year as well. 186 okay. goals.
1: he's going to beat that soon. That's- those
0: are records. Those are records you can beat. Yeah. And those are records which I think you know you can say those are against your peers. Those are those are legitimate. If he does that, he'll be top 5 given that you know, he played for a bunch of other clubs before coming to Liverpool, or three other clubs before coming to Liverpool, yeah. four other clubs before coming to four, Liverpool. Yeah. Um, I think this is a remarkable achievement, and he'll go down as one of Liverpool's greats. Um, but he's not going to get to Ian Rush, who had 346 goals in all competition. That's pretty nutty. <sighs> um, uh, what did you think of that front three?
1: Because there's been a lot of talk about, you know, obviously... Club saying they need to, you know, we've moved on from the Mane, Firmino, Salah. We know that Firmino is going to leave now at the end of the season as well. Uh, uh, and you saw how much the goal that he scored at the end meant to him in front of the club for what he's, he, his last Liverpool v United game. Um, and Club and saying we need to rebuild a new front three with Darwin and Gakpo, probably, or Jota if you want, and, and Salah. The, the chemistry we saw in that front three against United is not the chemistry that we, I don't think we will ever see with that front three than the one we saw in Mane, Salah and Firmino no. in that sense. No, no, no. There's a good ball we said from Salah to Gakpo, but they won't, they won't be playing the same way because they won't have a player like Firmino in there. And Darwin is, no, is very different to Mane.
0: No, there is no Firmino. But there's something there, yeah? There's something there. I think in his mind when he started putting this all together and planning it out, you left somebody out as Luis Diaz um when he's back if he's back and he's fit to the level he was before i think in his mind it's going to be i think diaz is going to be a part of that i think he loves the havoc he can cause with his dribbling his acceleration which you know, not like the other guys are, are, are slow but uh or um, other guys I'm talking about Saliba and uh and and Darwin Núñez but diaz is a guy who breaks games as as we say as, as we say in italy right yeah, yeah. Uh, so, I think he's going to be a part of that. He certainly has a ton of flexibility. I could see Salah moving centrally at some point, And then... Well, I'm not sure about that. And then you could maybe look at Gakpo and Nunez on the other flank, possibly. But, but... He would have done it already, I think. But what is exciting here, I think, Jules, is the fact that these guys are so, vertible, uh, so, so versatile, right? I mean, all three of these guys we mentioned, all four, if you want to count Jota as well, mm. they can play centrally or wide. And they have done, with success. Yes, probably not. That's a luxury. That gives you so much maneuverability. Right? True. I mean, to a certain
1: extent, I think we saw a bit of movement between Gakpo and and Nunes, like on the first goal, for example. But I think for that front three, for for, for a front three to work, they would need stability in a sense. So the versatility is great. Maybe when one is injured, but I do think that you, you, you have to keep them
0: in, in position. Oh, you're saying it's not going to be a fluid front three during the game. Yeah. I don't no, no, yeah. I, I agree with you there. I agree with you there. Um, I don't think we're going to see... You know, you might see it in certain situations to take advantage of mismatches, but I don't think you're going to see that on a regular basis. But again, because those are different, those are different sorts of players. Yeah, yeah. Um, but certainly it's exciting time if you're Liverpool uh, in I the sense so. that you're turning things around after what really felt like a nightmare. And five clean sheets in a row as well They don't consider anymore My boy Konate coming back is huge for them So here's the thing with Liverpool, Jules So They're three points behind Tottenham Yeah. And they have a game in hand yeah. And you helpfully gave me Their next four Premier League games Bournemouth away City away Chelsea away And Arsenal away I don't know With this weirdo calendar We have in the Premier League it's Four straight away games And in between that it's five straight because they have Real Madrid away yeah. in the Champions League, which you know, I don't think they're going to turn around, but who knows. Um, it's entirely possible that while we're getting excited about them being back three in a month's time, or in two weeks' time, uh, they may have slipped further away from yeah. the fourth place because Arsenal and City away are, are tough games. Or it could work the other way. They could get a result. Arsenal's at home. Oh, at home. They could get a result. And that could really lead to a confidence boost. Yeah, as well I as think, disrupting the title. Yeah, this is a def- de- defining
1: kind of period, I think, for them in the Premier League. I know it's a bit obvious to say, of course, but rarely in a season you've got back-to-back games against City, Chelsea and Arsenal. And this is, this is what is...
0: Even though it's by Chelsea.
1: Yeah, but still, it's right. still Chelsea going to Stamford Bridge. And by then, Chelsea might have qualified in Champions League, have more confidence, all of that. We don't know. Uh, this is huge. And that's this is why can they take all... Can they take all 12 points in those I don't think. I mean, of course they can. That would be a tremendous achievement Can they go to City and do a job, which seems to be really the... You know, Arsenal at home, you can see them, of course, making it really difficult for Arsenal and win. They can go to Chelsea and win. They can go to Bournemouth and win. You expect them to win. The City away match really is the one. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I think to see if, if this win against United was a freak show, as we said, or was really them coming back now... And they've been good in, in the league. I know the, the result was a freak. Um, and, you know, at times the Wolves game was maybe a bit difficult. It took them a long time to get there. But but maybe maybe this is a turning point that United win. And we'll see at City, we'll see at Chelsea that, yeah, they are almost back to where they were before. I don't know. But you're right. They can also It can also not be the case. And they don't win at City. They don't win at Chelsea. And then maybe no. they beat no. Arsenal. Awesome. But if they get six points out of 12... Is that good from those four games? If they get nine, that's very good. I mean, 12 is, is incredible. But is six I mean, okay? Is seven in, okay?
0: In the terms of the race for fourth, so much depends on obviously what happens with, with Spurs and Newcastle. And possibly Brighton, as you reminded me, Amanda Zeddy. Yeah, Games in hand, you know. How about before. that? Um, back to United for a minute. Uh, just Eric Ten Hag. There's This quote which everybody's. You know, it's funny if you talk about Cristiano Ronaldo one way or the other, yeah. uh, it's going to make headlines, right? And he said, "Oh, I didn't lose sleep after benching Cristiano Ronaldo." I don't want to question people's new sense, but did anybody think that Eric Ten Hag would say anything different, whether it's true or not? You think he's going to say, "Oh, I was terrified. I was sick. I couldn't sleep all night. <laughs> you know, I went outside and started pacing uh, th- 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 through the countryside in rural Manchester. What, what?" First of all, what kind of question is that? And second of all, like, what do you expect them to say? Yeah, and I just think those managers are ruthless. This is what they do.
1: This is yeah, Guardiola, yeah. Ten Hag, Arteta, Klopp, Conte. This is what they do when they have something so, in mind. This is not working. They're very pragmatic in the way they should be at times for some decisions. This is not working. He can't play for me anymore because this is not the profile. He's not in good form. Whatever reasons. You know, I bench him. They're not going to. They, no. they, they're never going to lose sleep over that.
0: The the relevant point here is that he had the courage to make a strong decision, which could have been right, could have been wrong, which turned out to be working out nicely for him. That is the relevant That's part. It. And you
1: it was never in doubt that he would make the decisions that no. he thought. I'm, were
0: right, even if they were tough to make. I know so. I think at your, people forget this about managers. Okay, obviously Cristiano Ronaldo, by far the biggest player he's ever coached, but. At his level, there are equivalents of Cristiano in terms of popular players, famous players, highly paid players, very good players, where he's had to make those decisions in, mm-hmm. in the past. Or he's witnessed other people making those decisions. Yeah. Right? I think he retired from football like 25 years ago. He's been an assistant. He's been a coach. He's done all these things for all these years. This is kind of what you get paid to do. Yeah. So um, I don't think we should marvel uh, at the fact that he didn't lose sleep. It's That's what I expect. And, and it's been borne out. Um final word on the Manchester United takeover uh which I know we love to talk about yeah. there's so much happening uh there's a mystery third party now involved Is it you It is I, I, uh, I, I, I can't you know I can't discuss that okay, side of okay. things can't disclose Um you know what this looks like to me when the third party is a mystery it's if the third party is real, unless the third party is Avram and Joel buying out... The brothers and sisters. Yeah, the brothers and sister. Um, why would you not tell? I mean, I'm not, I'm not, not as
1: interested out? as you. Like, I, don't, I just want someone to take over and then I can, you can start looking <laughs> right. into it. But why would you not, if, if you wanted to buy the club, why would you stay mis- like, mysterious? Why would you not go public? that's Is there a reason
0: that's what fully that's one of the aspects which really doesn't doesn't really add up for me um, at all on this. I'm not saying it's made up. I'm just saying I'm not clear how serious these people are if if their name hasn't come out. And mm. and by the way, I know rain have a fiduciary responsibility and blah 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 but all of these interested parties employ armies of PR people to make sure names get out there. So um, I think that's worth considering as well. I think the reality is, for now, nobody's coming close to their $6 billion valuation, which is also why things are slowing down a little. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com gab. Just go to indeed.com gab right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com gab. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, enough, United. Uh, how about some quick hits instead? Let's go, George, it was a buzzer-beating three-pointer from Reece Nelson. See what I did wow, there? That yeah. gives Arsenal the comeback win over Bournemouth to keep a five-point gap at the top of the table.
1: Wild stuff. Incredible, gap I've never seen a game where a goal is scored in the first 10 seconds of the game and then another one in the last 10 seconds of the game. This is exactly what happened. Boom was scoring after 9.11 seconds, I think it was, and then Nelson in the 97th minute. Last kick of the game, pretty much, then they they, they kicked off, and then it was over. Asked to Arsenal for, for being 2-0 down, to show that kind of character, to come back at 2-1, two, 2-2, two, two, party, white. And then how calm Rhys Nelson is when the ball drops to him. A bit of a weird control because he's, he's on his wrong foot, and then even a weird volley, I think, on his wrong foot, and yet to score like that. It's incredible. I think had they had they lost that game or even drawn, the shift of confidence and momentum
0: would have been huge. And now it's the opposite. Exactly, it is the opposite. This is what struck me: like the way they incredible. celebrated. Like you get more of a boost because you trick yourself into thinking we're destiny's team, right? City won win earlier in the day. Yeah. We fall asleep on the first goal. Thomas Partey, by the way, you kind of gave him a pass, but second goal, I thought hundred awesome. percent his fault. Yeah. yeah. Um, all of a sudden, we're two goals down, we're facing oblivion, and we come back because, you know, it's our year, blah, blah, blah. These are the kind of narratives, right. these are the kind of narratives that players buy into and that fuels the momentum. They got more out of this than if they had beaten Bournemouth 4-0. Yeah,
1: you're right. And a goal like against United, like against Fulham, like against Villa, all of that counts at the end. And Rufinia goal gives Barcelona a guest- gutsy one nil win over Valencia, you have no Pedri, no Dembele, no Lewandowski, Chavez in the stand, Ferran Torres misses a penalty, Arojo gets sent off. What does this mean?
0: I think what it means is that <laughs> it's Barcelona. We've said it before. Uh, they're not particularly good. No. They don't overwhelm you, or certainly not in games like these, no. but I think it's eight 1-0 wins this season. Yeah. Um, but they have this kind of internal ability to go and metabolize them they're not afraid to play a little bit ugly to play a little bit against a Barcelona st- uh, style and you know when they're missing so many players you know this is this is what comes out in the wash yeah yeah. tremendous header from Rafinha great pass from uh, um, Busquets as well yeah. to continue our basketball analogy somebody described it as an alley-oop yes which, a bit like which that. I really that they considered some chances as well you know they could. yeah Ter Stegen made a mistake yeah, a big all mistake all They had the rub of the green. What I'm saying is this is not a dominant team. They're getting it done. Uh, Phil Foden shines again as Manchester City beat Newcastle 2-0. Jules, what did you make of it?
1: Um, it's a big win to start with because Newcastle are—they're a good team, even if they're fading away a little bit or fading off. I don't know how you say. Regressing to the mean. Or regressing to the mean. I think it's a big win. You don't concede, even if you give away chances. So I think if you're a City fan or even not, it's either you see the glass half full, like I do. I don't think there's much to worry. We know that City haven't been at their best this season. That it's not maybe as strong and as solid as in previous seasons. But you take this win, you don't concede a goal, you score two. Again, it's not a game that you're going to win 5-0 or 6-0. It's like the Leipzig game. At some point, the other team is a good team. They're going to come back at you, and Newcastle came at City. Or you look at it, the glass half-empty, and you think, oh, it's a bit worrying that they give away so many chances, and Newcastle should have scored at least one, maybe even two. But Callum
0: Wilson, I think, definitely.
1: Yeah, I don't know why he tried to go with the inside of his foot instead of like just smashing it with his laces. But I see more half full than half empty.
0: Yeah, no, I, I, I would definitely agree with you. I think this is where you ride a little bit your experience, you've been-there, done-that-edness. Done um, I go back to Foden. I made the point last week, like, this guy's really, really good. Oh, yeah. And why he doesn't play more often... But what's, I know it's yeah, the big it will, rotation and no, everything. Think, but
1: Morris has been good, it's what we were
0: saying, and Grealish has been good. And now Foden is good. So Foden is a lot better than Jack Riddell. Okay, I, 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 I'm not, I'm not, I'm not to a Grealish
1: you. guy, sorry. Wait, it doesn't matter. Okay, the one that is not as informed as the other three is De Bruyne. So would you bench De Bruyne and start Grealish, Foden, Morris together?
0: No, because I wouldn't have the guts to bench Kevin De Bruyne. Okay. Because he's but Kevin inspired. De
1: Bruyne is not as good as the other three, no, right? I, 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 I
0: take it out on Bernardo if I have to bench somebody.
1: Yeah, but Bernardo was also on the bench. Exactly. Yeah, but that's what I mean. Well, you can't, you can't have Bernardo, Foden, Grealish, Myers. No, you
0: don't have Grealish. You have
1: Myers and Foden. Okay, I think Grealish is very important to that team now. I, I'm not
0: a Grealish guy. Sorry. Okay, fine. Enough.
1: Late in the game, we saw potential heavyweight clash as Erling Haaland squared off with Dan Burn after Fallon Jack Grealish
0: again with the Grealish. Yeah. You Why see, do you keep bringing him up? Why do you a, like Grealish so much? It's the side of
1: the big Norwegian that we haven't seen before. I mean, he's been a bit feisty earlier in the season.
0: Yeah, but you go and take on the biggest man on the pitch, Dan yeah, Byrne. Yeah. Who would have won the fight? Oh, I think Dan the Byrne MMA. would have. I, I'm sorry. I'm, I am liable to think Dan Byrne is harder than Erling Holland at that level, right? Yeah. But I don't know. But no, I, th- I think this is in keeping with something Pep had said when it was a game earlier when Rico Lewis was fouled and he kind of like stood on the ground and nobody came to his rescue. That didn't happen this time. It's yeah. what you want to see. Um, I love the fact that, by the way, that early was menacing and he had that like, wild-eyed smile on his yeah, face. Yeah, 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 I know. Yeah. I think they both know better. Yeah, yeah. Real Madrid are held away to Betis 0-0 nil, nil, and the gap is now 8 points. Yeah. Jules Madrid had more chances. Betis, I think, had better ones. But I is this
1: where they say adios to the title? I think so. It'd be hard. And there they, they seems to be in those games where they just can't find a way of, of winning. There was that goal Benzema scored on a, on a free kick deflected by um, Rudiger's arm, which was, I think, rightly disallowed. But it just shows that when it's just, it's just not happening for them with the ball, and Modric was, didn't start the game. It was many, Valverde, and Cruz and who started. And maybe there was a lack of creativity. I don't know. But when Vinicius or Benzema don't do it, then they still, and you're right, they could also easily have lost that game. use Perez hit the crossbar, for example. It's, it was not a good game from a Real Madrid point of view. No,
0: and your creativity can't be all predicated no, on true, like, true. oh, here's Luini, where's, where's Modric? Madrid. You know, hey, 40-year-old man. Like, yeah, come yeah, no, on, no, you know, he's not going to do it every week. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing. However, you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launcher online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the grow with shopify sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at shopify.com slash gab jewels all lowercase go to shopify.com slash g-a-b-j-u-l-s now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash gab jewels a stunning
1: long range effort from of all people, Gianluca Mancini gives Roman José Mourinho a one nil win over Juventus. Gab Mourinho was vindicated for playing without a center forward. Dybala started as a false nine.
0: Yeah, I mean it's so false that in fact he was usually behind Completely. the other two front men who are Genie Vinaldum and uh, and Pellegrini. Uh it was like, an ugly game for most of it. It was it was. Pretty horrendous game, and ultimately, as often happens with these games, yeah. they're decided either by the mistakes or moments of brilliant. Gianluca Mancini, big ugly center half, really good. I, I think he's really good. I he can. just doesn't score a lot of goals because it's not his job. He just goes and he belts it, hits it so so sweet, uh, sweetly into the, into the back of the net. Marine vindicated. I thought it was the wrong the wrong setup because you're playing Juve at home. You know Juve would settle for a draw. I agree completely. And yeah. and it's a risky game to play. Because then It's Juve They can always get something And in this game Juve hit the woodwork Three times let's yeah, not yeah, forget, really, you know. yeah. Um yeah Really And they,
1: then Roma finished the game With two strikers Yeah so When they, they were 1-0 up You know He put <laughs> I mean like, I, I, shoot I, me I think the other it, way around, no?
0: I think it was because Ultimately, I, I think he needed people who could run around. He does not have, cause, as he keeps reminding everybody, a huge squad. So he sent on Tammy, and then he yeah. sent on um, the rooster, the Andrea rooster. Bellotti. Um, Bellotti yeah, no, I mean. But yeah, look, in the end, it keeps them in, in the yeah. running for for, for top-four finish. Uh, although, again, let's wait and see what happens with that 15-point penalty. Yeah. Sticking with that game, Jules, Moise Ken came on. Yeah. And got sent off within forty seconds in the dumbest way Incredible. possible.
1: I mean, I could not believe it. Gab, There's, he goes to contact with Mancini, and you can see Mancini is a bit holding his shirt. and you, you know, it's not nice. And he gets up and kick, <laughs> kicks him on the back of the leg. And like, the referee is obviously. usually where you are <laughs> no. as well. It's not even if like they had to call VR, you could not see properly. Like, everybody could see in front of your TV in the stadium, the referee, the linesman, everybody. So stupid. I mean. I don't know. I think Moise Kennedy's never good. If he keeps doing things like that, he's just never good to the next level. But maybe maybe he's not good enough anywhere for the next level. I'm, I'm not, not sure. sure.
0: Is. And by the way, though, I, I went on YouTube and looked at a list of like quickest, like um, you know, red cards and whatever. I think the record is three seconds. He's in good company. Yeah, Steven Gerrard. I, I was going to say. I remember that one. And Lionel Messi. I believe in his very first game for Argentina, getting sent off in in less than okay. forty seconds. So there you go. Oh, you see, Moise, just you're teams, you're, you're just like Gerrard and Lionel Messi.
1: Yeah. Chelsea win the first game in six Beating Leeds United Thanks to a header from my man Wesley Fofana Uh, Gab, you were there Uh, By the way, shout out to our friend The snooker legend Neil Robertson Who is also a big Chelsea fan So he would have been happy like like you, Gab How did they look?
0: So I thought the first half hour They looked good They had chances Kai Havertz, one-on-one Joe Uh, Felix But I can tell you There's so much negativity Among the Chelsea fans That like when they scored uh, with the Fofana header in the second, second half, the fans are singing like "We scored a goal!" <laughs> like the, the self irony that you really get, I think, in England more than in other. Yeah, uh, yeah. which I think I think is wonderful. Um, I don't think anybody believes in anything. They just want the season to be over. Win, lose. Obviously, nobody wants to get relegated. Maybe lose something in the Champions League. But um, but the other thing, Potter, not being Potter to defend the lead what does he take Do uh, he takes off Sterling and, and, and Joe Felix the last half hour the last 20 minutes Leeds could have scored yeah and he brings in Gallagher and, and Zacharia uh, to de- you know these are small so it's, it's, yeah. it's an odd it's an odd situation they're in yeah Paris Saint-Germain twice to take the lead and twice get you, pegged back against Nantes before winning for two. Jules, are you going to blame my boy of Gigi course. Donnarumma? Of course. And how about Kylian Mbappe breaking Edinson Cavani's goal record for the club?
1: I love Kylian Mbappe, as you know. Uh, my boy, so happy for him, that record. He left it late, which is an irony for someone who's so precocious and has always been to score that 201st goal for the club in all competitions, beating, as you say, Cavani. He still
0: needs to beat him for goals in the league, right?
1: Yes, he's still behind, but that's just a matter of time. And doing it in 246 games, I think, it's incredible. 2-0-1 in 246, uh, And PSG, 2 nil up, cruising, Messi scored. And after that, letting not come back, one goal on set-piece, and then the goal that really Donnarumma shouldn't have considered from Blas, even if Blas acknowledged at the end that it was a pure luck, that that's not what he meant to do, but still. Uh, but yeah, it was all about killing Mbappe and, you know. Well done to Killian.
0: I haven't even mentioned that you know you're the all-time leading goal scorer of a historic club that oh his history God, all goes go. back to sticking with PSG,
1: Neymar is definitely out for the second leg against Bayern <laughs> Munich on Wednesday night. How big of a blow is this?
0: Well, there are some people,
1: like you, yeah. who think
0: they tend to play better yeah. when Neymar is not there. Um <laughs> look, I, I think in the end, you gotta overturn it, you gotta come up with something this game's going to be won by individuals, right? Galce has done nothing to show me that he's going to beat you with patterns of play. No. So to have another talented individual in the mix when you've got injuries at the back and so on, when you're not going to be as fluid, you'd always have rather have Neymar. Send him on for the, for the last half hour, whatever. You don't need to start him. Um, but, you know, <laughs> they're not going to have him. So this is a blow. Yeah. They're worse yeah. without him in this type of game. Yes, yeah, yeah, should agree? Yeah. Okay, fine.
1: Well, not if he starts, though. <laughs>
0: Tottenham Hotspur fall away to Wolves 1 0. Jules, they could have been a point out of third place. Instead, Liverpool are three points back with a game in hand.
1: Yeah, Spurs being Spursy, Gab. I think this is, again, I know we use that sentence a lot every season, season after season, but this is the case. They could have scored. They had, they hit the crossbar twice. Uh, and and then they considered they, they really fell under pressure the second half it was a completely different game different team fair play to Lopetegui for changing a half time his formation and some of the players and then Spurs disappeared com- completely disappeared stopped playing stopped doing anything good that they did in the first half and then in the end considered that goal
0: that was inevitable so I don't know. It's a weird season. I know it's a very angry Antonio Conte yeah, who I'm landed sure. in North London this morning. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Bayern stayed top uh, of the Bundesliga with a 2 1 winner where Stuttgart, Gab.
0: This was not a great performance. It wasn't, but they're obviously looking ahead to to, to, to Paris Saint Germain. Yeah. That's why he started, I think, Sadio Mane, Nabri, Shaw Cancelo, all starting on the bench, which makes sense. How about my man, Matthijs Ligt? Goal line clearance. Great goal at the other end. Yeah, He's there. Be. He's there to be counted. He's settling in nicely. There are positives to take from this. But I think there's also converse, confirmation of what we kind of already know with Bayern, which is that if they don't play with intensity, if they try to manage games, things can often yeah. go awry. You get ugly performances. on the
1: bench, again, is interesting. Stanisic has been
0: really good. I think they're keeping him... Yeah, they, I don't think no? he will start on Wednesday. I don't know. But I think they'll be happy to have him come on when they go two goals down to Paris Saint-Germain. This was way back on Friday, but Borussia Dortmund got a massive three Ooh, points yes. against Leipzig. Jules, this was a really entertaining game for the neutral.
1: It was great, absolutely great, on Friday night to start your weekend. Even Emre chance scored the goal. I mean, like, come on, that means anything really is happening for for Dortmund this, this season they look good for 60-65 minutes very good and then they were under pressure Leipzig finished the game really strongly best scored they could add maybe another one I think Dortmund deserved to win in the end and they were good considering the players missing as well for them uh, and I think that would give them a lot of confidence before going to Chelsea this
0: week in the Champions League yeah there's, they're another team of course that's going to be affected by what happens but they also need to get the win on their belts put some pressure yeah. under Bayern yeah, that's a good performance John top of course
1: also Friday guys uh, Napoli lose only the third game of the season in all competitions, falling at home to Maurizio Sarri's Lazio. Is this a big deal?
0: I don't think it is a big deal. Um, they're still a hundred points ahead. Anyway. <laughs> they're still, you're right. They're still a million points ahead. Um, they, in the end, they're beaten by a great finish from um, from Matias uh, Vecino. Lovely shot. I do want to mention, though, we're going to go a little bit of love for for Lazio because they're, they're third in the table. Yeah. Maruzzo Sari's grown, he's had his insecurities. He wasn't Sarri in Turin, he wasn't Sarri at Chelsea, although Chelsea won, he won the Europa League mm. and at Turin, Turin he won the title. Here he can kind of do his own thing, take his own attitudes towards players. You know, he left the fall with Luis Alberto and brought him back. And I thought they played a really, really they good game, a really like smart that. game. Yeah, they were smart, true. they were attacking. Um, I thought, nice job for him. Atlético Madrid beat up Sevilla 6-1 and Diego Simeone has now managed more games than anyone in club history, Jules.
1: Yeah, very special night for him and his family. He had a little kind of ceremony before with the the shirt, with the number, was it it 6-1-3? 6-1-3, exactly. That's right. Uh, There on the pitch, it was lovely and then then his team gave him maybe the best performance only going forward with the ball uh, of the season against the Sevilla team that As we said, he's often in disarray and he's certainly up and down again, and Sampaoli can't seem to be able to fix the problem there, but Griezmann I thought was outstanding from start to finish, scoring, assisting, even the goal, the assist that he will not get, which is the Morata one where he sort of like dinks it over because Morata missed the 1v1 but then got the rebound in, was outstanding, great to see him like that, great to see Atleti and. When we think like, OK, could it be like that every week? No, we know there won't be. But I guess you know that it could be sometimes. So hey, this is good.
0: And, and, and how about my man Memphis getting two yeah, goals? Yeah, great. Right? And the nice second goal, and, wonderful second yeah, strike as well. So. Shout out Luis Aragonés is the guy whose record that he yes. beat. Uh, I, you know what? Just quickly on Simeone, when I think of his legacy and what he's meant to this club, it's not just the, 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 the 12 years, two league titles, two Champions League finals, oh, and yeah. so on. It's just that for 10 years, or 12 years, there was some semblance of stability and normality mm-hmm. at this club, which is something that, I think Madrid is the ultimate zoo. I mean, young people may not realize this, but I think they, they, the average managerial tenure there in the previous 20 years was like eight months yeah, or something. Yeah. Um, that is a tremendous, tremendous it's achievement, incredible. whether he stays or he goes. And yeah. after the Luis Enrique talk, whatever else, he's got deal through 2024. I, I think I, I, I'm really pleased for him. yeah. And
1: Gab, some thought that the back three was the key in Milan's turn round. It didn't qu- work
0: out that way against Fiorentina yeah, yeah, I'm sorry, some, but not this some Because I told you, like you can do the short term maybe And they did get four wins in a row But Milan aren't built to play that way yeah. uh, Maybe it was necessary without Benessera Benessera back, but not clearly not at his best um, I think this is as much about Fiorentina playing really well They were great I love them, they've got really good players How come they're so low on the table? I, I think a lot of their metrics will tell you that they should be higher, but uh, I think Cabral Inovic ever plays up front. They've been streaky. They're, they've been good, and they were obviously good in this game. Yeah. Um, Nico is a phenomenal player. Uh, I think he deserves, he deserves a lot of credit. Their manager, I think, Gento Italiano, really, really solid. Other thing for Milan, no Brian Diaz, no Rafael Leal. Yeah. It's an incredible stat. I think with Leal... Milan on average, like two point three points per game. Without Leal, it's like zero point seven. Oh God, yeah. um, even when he's bad, the fact that he's there yeah, yeah. It makes people worry about him. Yeah. Um, by the way, shout out to to Teo. Um, Gregor <laughs> How does he hit the ball so hard? Even bit, in slow he stops, motion, he
1: stops his foot as well. Almost like if he were doing if he was playing a diagonal, but this one with his laces and the foot just st- stuck there. It was incredible finish. I, I just want to say so If you watch this, yes. even
0: in slow motion, the ball just shoots off. But but. It's
1: the fact that he's the 90th minute or something, and he still had run the whole pitch
0: you know, yeah. to get at the end of the ball, it's incredible. Because He doesn't have Raphael in front of him. Yeah. He's got Charles de Ketelar, who gets lost around the pit. <laughs> Poor guy. I don't want to have a go at him. Marseille shake off their French Cup fiasco against honestly by yes. winning away to Rennes 1-0 with a goal from everybody's favorite tough guy, Sead Kolasinac. Jules, they're not going away.
1: They're not going away. They're, they're solid. They solidified that second place on the back of a really bad week, as you said, losing to Ansi from second division after losing to PSG, of course, in the league before that at the Velodrome, and If you haven't seen the goal, which is really... You can watch the game again if you want to, but you don't have to. The, the goal is the only <laughs> thing. You know, it was not great. I won't lie. <laughs> but it's a foul, and they played the free kick really quickly. Very two, very very good. Like uh, mind, quick quick quickness of mind. Good thinking, yeah. Good thinking. Uh, the cross from Chengis and then the finish by Kolasinac, who is really newborn this season which is great to see for him from Tudor as well so well done to Marseille
0: Before we talked about the Ber- Dan Byrne versus Erling Holland showdown we agree that Kolasinac it's could just turn guy, both yeah. of them into a yeah, puddle of oil whenever like, he wants yeah, okay, yeah all right. definitely
1: Inter are back in second place in Serie A Gap, after they beat Lecce at home 2-0 anything there to see to notice
0: I no I think it's what you put down as like a professional performance yeah, good against, job, uh, against a poor team um, back in the second place I have to say this, though, to stick up for, for Simone Inzaghi, who's obviously had a lot of critics. And You know, I like to put performances ahead of results. Inter try to play good football. They always try to play good football. They don't always manage to do it yeah. because they've had injuries and issues and people leaving, Brazovic, Skriniar ER on their way out and uncertainty, blah, blah, blah. But they always try to play good football. And for those who say, oh, results are more important, you know. They're in the uh, Copa Italia semifinal. They're in the round of 16 of the Champions League. They beat Porto in yeah. the first leg. They could well end up in the quarterfinals, which yeah. I think for Inter's budget is a good should, result. Yeah. Um, and, they, and, and they're and they in the semifinal to the Copa Italia. So what do you want? I know. I know what do I you want? You. I agree with you. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. It's official now. Ashraf Hakimi has been charged with rape and reports in Spain have given the victims account of what happened. Jules. How are par- Paris Saint-Germain handling this?
1: Yeah, they're supporting him, Gab. Uh, the thing when you're being charged in France, that means you've got access to the case file, which I think Hakimi is happy. He denies all allegations. He said that uh, he did nothing wrong, that all of this is, a, is an attempt of blackmailing him, uh, racketeering is the word exact that his lawyer Fanny Collin used uh, when she talked to us. So. We'll have to see. Uh, they will go through the investigation. He's always, he's always, he's already been asked a question. Sorry, by the police on Thursday that was, um, and he's he's in contention to play against Bayern. You can still leave the country even if you've been charged for a. Uh, um, been you know, charged by, for doing something wrong, you can still leave the country so he, he can travel to Germany to play on Wednesday night. I think he will probably play, he's, he's been training all weekend um, and doesn't seem to be too affected at the moment certainly from the people I know ne- near him. Well,
0: what, what I don't get, is: uh, did the lawyer clarify whether she was at his house or not?
1: Yeah, yeah we know she was at his house.
0: And his wife and kids are away in Dubai on holiday. Yeah, away in Dubai. Yeah, not a great look. Yeah,
1: he doesn't deny that she was there. He denies that he raped her.
0: No, no, I get, I get that point. But, but it's still, no, is, good
1: look, yeah, I mean, I think, right. I think, um, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, no, no, of course okay. you're right, you're right. But I think the investigation will, like in it, terms it, of family stability and stuff. Yeah, although I think him and his wife, are maybe separated. yeah, separating okay. or, or, or on the way of being separated. But still, still no, you're right. it's Still not it's still not good and it's certainly again something that the club would rather not have right. to deal with right now and same with Hakimi of course i the body that governs the laws of the game met in London and have asked referees to calculi- calculate time added on for injuries more accurately Gab what does this mean does this mean that we will have in the domestic league what we had at the World Cup now
0: what Personally, well, you know my view on this. Personally, I would stop the clock and and have and not yeah, have a definitely. running clock, yeah. right? Um, I think what we had the World Cup is better and fairer than what it does. I just want some consistency. I just want some consistency about how, until recently, in the Bundesliga, at the end of the game, every time it was oh don't no more, than, it was only, it was never more than two minutes, yeah. right? No, no. I, I mean, there, there's some nerds who go and actually count this up. It was never more than two minutes. Whereas in La Liga, like sometimes it would be like 11 minutes or or whatever. I just have some consistency. It's always the referee guessing. We had Pierluigi Collina on. Yeah. And he said, it's the referee guessing. Like, Just think about the absurdity of this game of football. So much money is spent. Uh, we care about this so much. And it's like, oh, when does, the re- when, w- when does the game end? Oh, I don't know. Whatever the referee feels like, <laughs> really? he just kind of okay guesses it. Yeah. No, look, I mean, realistically, have some consistency on this. You don't need to necessarily do what they did at the World Cup. But there should be something that's adopted by all the leagues. It would help referees when they referee internationally as well. And just have some understanding. And yeah, longer term, I would like, I want to get rid of the running clock. But, you know, that's my view. It's not 100% official yet, but it appears certain that the 2026 World Cup will have 12 groups of four. um, And... You'll have the top two from each uh, group advancing, group, yeah. plus the eight best third-place teams uh, advancing. Now, in my scenario, the group winner should have gotten a bye to the next round. It's not going to happen, because no, obviously we'll more games to play. Last 32 now. A round of last 32, 104 games at the World Cup. I already know people are going to go and complain about greedy FIFA, blah, 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 playing a million games to go from 48 to 32. But what's your take?
1: So, as you know, I love football matches, I, w- I will always ask for more, especially at World Cup, you, know, you and I have covered many World Cups, where, especially when you're there, there's that incredible buzz and energy and you want more games, so that means you would play nine games instead of seven if you go all the way to the final or to the third, fourth place um, final. No, eight games. Eight games, eight games because... sorry, eight games, I said nine, sorry, eight games instead of seven, I'm not sure for, the, for the, the, the health of the players it makes a big difference. A lot of players will still only play three right. because they'll be out in the, after the group stages, so I don't think it's a big issue, so I'm, I'm happy with it. You can have a problem with the World Cup going from 32 to 48 teams, I understand that. You can also be happy that you open up to different countries, to more countries, yet the level might be a bit unequal and we, we might have some games where you win 5-0, 6-0 and stuff like that, which you might not be happy with. But if you ask me if I want more football matches, of course I always want to see more
0: football matches. Yeah, I think what's nice about this formula is that really nobody's out until the last game, right? So yeah, even if you exactly. lose your first two games That's very true. you still have a shot of of winning finishing the third place. Yeah. My only thing was and maybe they'll be able to do it because obviously US, Mexico and Canada, it's a big footprint. Um you want I think you have to incentivize teams to finish first and maybe the way to do it is to have it so that if you win your group you don't travel right or you don't travel Yeah you'll see yeah but yeah I there's, there's got to be a yeah, way yeah, to yeah. do that to incorporate that because otherwise you know, nobody wants to see is a scenario where you know two teams both win their first two games and you know, then they don't care afterwards yeah because you're sure to finish at least uh, yeah. Yeah, it's not what you want to see but yeah. no, otherwise sure. I don't have an issue with it
1: Gab I wanted to talk to you about it last week but we just didn't have time uh, no
0: I consciously left it out of quick yeah, it's yeah, my bad did, yeah. so
1: let's talk about it now Adriana Lima if you don't know who that is go and Type her name in, in Google it Has been named as FIFA Global Fan Ambassador For the Women's World Cup And many, many people Are not
0: happy at all with this So we didn't talk about this last week Because I thought Alright, let's not draw too much attention To this, yeah, yeah, kids, yeah. Right um, But a lot of people do care about it I haven't thought about it And so Ariana Lima Is somebody who will bring attention To the Women's World Yeah, she's World like Cup. a Brazilian model, right? She's a, She was yeah, a Victoria's Secret model for, yeah. for, for For many years I mean She's now in her 40s, right? So she's not, it's not like this is somebody who's just you know pure eye candy. This is somebody who's, who's done things and been yeah. involved. But equally, she's nothing to do with football, and she's not from Australia where they're having the World Cup. Uh, it does send a message. And look, I think what matters is, frankly, how the people who are playing in the World Cup and how women feel about it. And there's been a backlash from a lot of women saying like, is this necessary? Do we need this person to be a global fan ambassador? I think Vishal missed a trick here. What I would have done here? What was if, the idea behind it? If you're messed, yeah. I, I suppose to attract attention. I suppose maybe a lot of people who don't care about the women's game and maybe a bit sexist might oh be interested in it because they see Adriana Lima promoting it and they know who she is. Yeah. Personally, I think you kind of missed a trick. First of all, why have one global fan ambassador? Maybe. Maybe you have several. Maybe Adriana Lima can be one of them to cater to that demographic that enjoys looking at Adriana Lima, but then you're inclusive in other ways. Maybe you have somebody else who's a player. Maybe you have somebody else who's who's differently abled. Maybe you have somebody else who, you know, you hit more constituency if your message is about inclusivity. Otherwise, this frankly kind of reeks a little bit of dirty old men in the worst Sepp Blatter tradition, which I don't think is what FIFA wanted to do, but that's how it comes across. No, it's, it's needless self-harm, yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah. The Quincy Promise case rumbles on. What a story. On. He's on trial for stabbing his nephew, and prosecutors are asking for a two-year prison sentence.
1: Yeah, it's a crazy story if you don't know about it Yeah, It happened a few years ago, and it's just not. Uh, the, the case is, the, the trial is happening. He plays in Russia, of course, uh, but this happening back home in the Netherlands. Uh, where I think they've got enough evidence to put forward that case and asking for the for the, the, the actually prison sentence. I don't think he would be suspended sentence, by the way. It looks like if he is proven guilty, he will go to jail, which is crazy when you think that, I mean, anybody is stabbing the... Well, he'll the go nephew.
0: to jail if he comes back. He can just stay in Russia where you say can imagine I, I don't know. <laughs>
1: Uh, but yeah, I know, know we've just laughed about it, but it's, there's nothing funny in it. And for someone, I know he's not, obviously, at the start of his career, but to ruin his career in a way, and his legacy for someone who was a good player, yeah. in he's, that way, he's just bonkers.
0: He's 31 years old. What's not clear to me at all, and maybe I'm being cynical about professional athletes sometimes committing crimes or getting violent, and we've seen this happen a fair bit in American yeah, sports yeah, yeah. as well, is the guy's his nephew... I mean, normally, it's family, right? Whatever led to the stabbing, um, you would think, hey, nephew, I'm sorry. Here's some money to make it all better. Let's all move on, since we're family, right? Yeah, exactly. It doesn't seem to have happened here, as far as I can tell, right? It's not like the prosecutors are going forward with this and the nephew's letting it slide. Yeah. That, that what, to me, is it's very fair. odd about no, this case. you're right, you're right. Brighton beat up West
1: Ham 4-0 on Saturday, and Moses Caicedo signs a new contract. Good week for our boy, Roberto De Zerbi. And by the way, let's not forget, Brighton are seven points behind fourth-place Spurs with three games in hand, <laughs>
0: <laughs> Seven three. points with three games in hand. It is pretty remarkable. And if you think, of course, they also lost to Andrew Trossard in no. uh, in, in January. He was a really important player for them. They lost their manager, Graham Potter, way back in September. Um, it's a great week. West Ham in a really difficult position. Yeah, David Moyes getting a lot of abuse. Um, like, I don't know it's going to last. The Caicedo angle is interesting. I mean, I would assume that they kind of did this. I don't know if you put a release clause in there. If I was Casado's agent, I would yeah. definitely yeah. asked for a release clause in there or insisted on it. Um, but it shows you how everything is everything is clicking. And when you're a well-run club, yeah. it's about more than the manager. And so often we just focus on the manager, the manager, the manager. No. If you're a well-run club, you can weather managerial changes, and it's not the end of the world. No. None other than the legendary Arthur Uh, Antunes Coimbra, a.k.a. Zico. Zico. Uh, The greatest Brazilian player who, my lifetime, who I've seen play, by yep. the way, I don't, I, sorry, I'm, 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 I'm too young for Pelé, so I'm going to go with Zico, yeah? Fine, Still, enough. you agree? No, you're not going to give me some Ronaldinho nonsense, it's still Zico, yeah? Ronaldo for me, but, you know, it's okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that yeah. guy. Yeah, Ronaldo's pretty good. Yeah. Okay, after Ronaldo, <laughs> can I say the greatest number two? Sorry. <laughs> yeah, Ronaldo, yeah, he is pretty good. Anyway, he has endorsed Carlo Ancelotti for the Brazil job, if he leaves yeah. Real Madrid. George, are you surprised? No, I'm not surprised,
1: and we said it before, I'm just going to say it again, I would love Carlo Ancelotti to become the Brazilian manager, absolutely love it, I think it would be great, I think it would be an amazing adventure for him, especially at his age, I think Brazil are ready to wait for him, and to be fair, there is no rush, let's say Carlo leaves at the end of this season, Real Madrid, which is a possibility of course. Then, then he, still, he can still take over in Brazil, which is probably what they're hoping for. So, when Zico kind of endorsing, endorses you, there must be something potentially happening,
0: right? So, maybe, or maybe he's going to want to go home. He'll be sixty-six years know, old. But like, go home and manage his. Manage Canada Because oh, of course He lives in Vancouver yeah, exactly. right? How about that for Canada for him You no, <laughs> won't, to to, won't have to deal With qualifying You know I
1: know I know I know and Maybe And Canada I believe Since John Hurtman left Still maybe Haven't appointed anyone I mean I don't know Maybe Maybe I'm wrong But yeah Maybe Carlo for Canada Carlo Canada Maybe Yeah maybe One to, to watch One to watch Both Milan and Inter Have announced plans For their own stadiums In Milan Which would leave San Siro empty Gab, It's your city So why are they turning their backs on the cathedral of football and what happened to their plans to build a common ground
0: one for for both of them yeah so basically San is owned by the city uh, they wanted to build a stadium together and they were going to get land right next to San Siro to build this state of the art stadium which is going to generate a lot of revenue the problem with San Siro is that it's beautiful but because of the way it's set up hospitality they, they can't generate yeah. the revenue right so they couldn't buy San Siro and restructure it um, the problem is there was so many bureaucratic uh issues so many local <laughs> groups complaints always happens in italy just just a lot of a lot of needless red yeah, tape
1: Red tape, you always say
0: um and also from the city's perspective i think because they've got the olympics coming up in in, in cortina and that's where the opening ceremony is going to be i don't even know that they're necessarily in a rush you know they, they want to keep the current sunsino at least for a while. So, Milan have said, you know, they've they found a site which is actually a kilometer away from the current San Siro, from the current Matza Stadium. Inter talking about doing it in a different place outside the city. Personally, Inter's finance is not great right now, despite yeah. with all this going on. I don't see why they don't build it together. I don't know if it's a power play, hoping for the city to give in to accelerate things. I just know that. As somebody from Milan, who was literally born about 500 meters, born across the street from San Siro yeah. at the uh, San Carlo Clinic in Milan, it pains me uh, to imagine. see this. I what a great stadium. Uh, I'm okay with moving on from, from San Siro, turning into something else. I don't want a suburban stadium. No, I mean, screw no, that. No. I mean, that... that, 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 that that's know. pretty fugazi right yeah like yeah yeah like great cities have great stadiums in town the Bernabeu the Parc de Prince, yeah. um Stamford Bridge the Emirates yeah yeah the new Tottenham Stadium kind of less so right uh, you, know, you know where I'm going with it No, not, not just that kidding, just kidding away. just kidding or Munich that's horrendous isn't yeah
1: it? Yeah, no, yeah Lyon as well Lyon is not very far away like,
0: and then Munich is especially horrendous because that's a, Munich is a little bitty town it's, yeah. not, it's not a metro- major metropolis like Milan right no, so yeah, yeah. you know Sorry, Munich. Sorry, Bayern fans. We kid because we love. Scott Parker, the former Fulham boss, who, for those who don't know, is the manager of Bruges, uh, he faces a difficult task of overturning a 2 0 deficit away to Benfica on Tuesday night. Although, of course, he's going to have Mr. Champions League Hans Anaken with him, I think. Parker himself. Says he fears He'll be so sacked he Are you surprised Jules
1: Surprised that he fears That he's going to get sacked Or how bad he's been
0: <laughs> These numbers These numbers yeah, Both I Read mean, the numbers
1: Scott Barker was not a good manager In the first place Why would Bruce Thought it's a good idea Let's Tell me about in. his
0: numbers I've written them down for yeah, you Yeah yeah Two wins in 11 <laughs> In all competitions
1: uh, he was 12 points behind the leaders uh, when he was appointed. Uh, I think Ghent are still the leaders. They're 23 back now. I saw them the other day briefly losing 3 nil to the team, second from bottom or something. It was just ridiculous. I mean, he will get sacked very soon. They're not going to overturn that deficit from the first leg at Benfica. Uh, so they'll be out of the Champions League as well on top of everything. It was a stupid idea to appoint him in the first place. So the best thing they can do now in Bruges is to sack him asap. I
0: I, I will say it obviously didn't work out and I agree with you, it was obviously turned out to be a really bad decision. The well, one thing I will say in Scott Parker's defense is we so often criticize English managers for not going abroad, not testing themselves abroad, here's somebody who did, obviously the wrong dimension for him and yeah. it didn't work out, but welcome <laughs> we for should... trying. Yeah. Okay. Do you think he That's brought you party being innocent? kind. That's you being kind. Do you think he brought that silly cardigan? Yeah, the, I think he has yeah. to steal the same uh, okay. same clothes as well.
1: <laughs> LAFC beat the Portland Timbers 3-2 in their season opener. But Gab, there was a nice gesture
0: from Giorgio Chiellini with his goal celebration. I, that's right. Giorgio Chiellini going and, and paying a tribute to his mentor, really, uh, and friend, Davide Astori, who uh, who died five years ago. Of course, he he, I think, he was with them years ago at Fiorentina, I think. Um, but Astori, of course, dying suddenly overnight yeah. in his hotel room—a um, really a, a shocking story—which has gotten people to look more about pre-existing conditions and things like that for footballers. Um, and and it's just really sweet to see Astori remembered because you know he was a captain, he was yeah. he was a leader. He's somebody that that people really looked up to. Jules, that brings us to an end. The Champions League is Uh, back, including your last chance to see Mr. Champions League, (laughs) Hans Zanaka. That's two Hans Zanaka references in the space of a couple minutes. I've outdone myself. Uh, We're going to be back on Thursday. Until then, love the game. Love your neighbor. Love yourself. Real quick, what's the easiest choice you can make? Window seat over middle? Taco Tuesday over salad? What about selling with Shopify?